When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the castles of Tiraslene to the dark lands of Nakmar to the enchanted forests of the Wildwood and whatever waterfall Borman was taking a shower under, we'll get to that. Welcome back to Casterly Talk, the Willow Discussions, here to discuss episode five. We already said the words Wildwood, and that is the name of the episode, the location of the episode. So much happened here in this one, written by Hannah Friedman, directed by Philippa Lothorpe. I am, once again, Alden Diaz, as always, and I am joined today by one of the members of our party here, our questing group. Remember, you only get one cry per quest, Nikki. It's Nikki Kumar. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back, my friend. This one was uh, so much character, so much fun. Mm. We immediately, both of us, just freaking out about all the beautiful character moments that happened here. And, you know, we'd love to talk about our deep themes and our analyses here and, and all of that stuff that we do on Casterly Talk across all the different fandoms. But I think the behind the curtain, not like it's some secret, but we are just so enamored with this cast like the yeah. fun of this show if you're not watching it you're, you're sleeping on chemistry mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're some of the most dynamic fun like dynamic young people um i've seen like lead a show it's, mm-hmm. it's insane um and yeah like the this whole episode i think also felt like just a, a great um time for them to feel young Right. Yeah. And to be really explore like the lost side of love. And, you know, because we have a few relationships kind of cooking in 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 this episode, at least three. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so it's like, yeah, it was just really kind of nice, even though it sort of started seeming like it was going to be a, you know, actiony breakout episode. It was actually the opposite um and yes. it was and it was really like yeah it was very sort of like emotionally heavy but not necessarily in bad ways <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh i think my like initial reaction having finished it was like the the james mcavoy gif where he's like fanning himself with the papers mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like man that was a lot <laughs> yeah oh no yeah it, it's just it's a great one for for just couples and for romance it's got teen comedy elements it's got drunken partying it's got deep truth like truth plums truth plums and truth (laughs) bombs caused by those truth plums uh admissions of insecurity i think the best comedy in the show so far Mm -hmm. um you mentioned it was written by hannah friedman who is a co-producer on this show and is obviously you know in the writer's room um doing the work but was also co-writer on some of obi-wan kenobi Mm -hmm. so she's firmly in the lucasfilm family and i think that she has such a sense for the levity but also the seriousness and the adventure because it's the funniest episode 
but it also is the most uh, outwardly political in terms of just like like thematically political but also helping define the politics of whatever willow's earth is i don't think we have mm. i don't think there's like a broad it's not like arda you know it's tolkien's world or right. or planetos is martin's world i don't know what it's called maybe it was in the books or something but this is finally like oh no some of your heroes were not that they were not heroes but you know some of your kingdoms were not all good some of your mm. motivations were understandable some of your characters that were pretty one note in the original film which is not a criticism it's just you know people like kale who will come yeah. up here um are suddenly retroactively given so much depth and we get some great new characters here i'm giving a shout out of course to scorpia who i think will be a lot of people's uh new favorite who mm -hmm. scorpia and borman is incredible chemistry played by adwa aboa uh we also had the return of kevin pollack as rule yeah um which is fantastic and then we had uh, amelia vitale as ganoush his daughter ganoush. sort of like a millennial brownie yeah. which was yeah hysterical um more parents and their children uh and then this cast yeah just really getting to flex and and show what they're made of um so let's let's start at the beginning and then we can sort of work into this because it's not a bottle episode because by I guess by definition it can't be because it's a wide open space but it is right it's like mm -hmm. one camp um right. of people but it does not a time jump but it doesn't matter like sort of like how many days have gone by you just get the idea that there's been a chase happening since we saw the gales at the end of the previous yeah. episode and Nakmar, and we just get thrust in immediately it's pop music at the start of the episode and it's what everyone on twitter and social media has rightfully been saying is like they've shot what it feels like to play D. &D. it's yeah. just it's yeah. an ambiguous maze like structure it's right willow like he's got weapons we didn't know he had it's just ruby's fight ruby kids firing yeah. arrows ruby's firing them yeah uh everybody just flexing and uh we take out two monsters so how did it you all, feel about that opening it also gave me scooby-doo energy yes <laughs> like it was it was it's it's so cool i think i i like i i started it at like you know two in the morning and yeah and uh I think I texted you like very quickly. I was like, this opening is so this show. Like yeah. it it's just it's so amazing for them to know exactly who they are, like mm -hmm. as a creative team and like exactly the vibe, the tenor, the the um the sort of adventure, the but it's like it's fantasy, but it's modern and it it just plays with all of it so well. And mm -hmm. it makes it, it like it turns it into this super just fun and endearing um like cocktail of of cool and yeah yeah i think that to to open the episode you know we get the bourbon's face like in art and it's like not great <laughs> you know like he looks he looks pretty pretty rattled and then to jump right in i think was really fun and i think it, it pays off the the fact that the gales are right behind them um yeah nakamari it pays that off like pretty well pretty consistently um so so yeah it was just cool and i love the little little bits of character that are shown through action right like mm -hmm. um they they all have a, a moment and um you know willow with his flamethrower and <laughs> like you know blowing it out and, and uh yeah i forget yeah kit was firing the the bow and then just like threw it down <laughs> it was like yeah getting out of here um so yeah it was just it was just super cool it was just good vibes 
Yeah, it just felt so, like you said, so truthful to what the show is because throughout this episode, there are a couple things that, and I don't say this in a critical way, the show earns the right to just have a, yeah, of course, tone. Like mm. you see Willow and Graydon are trapped or whatever, and then Willow just looks off to the side and he's like, oh, brownies. And it's like, yeah, of course. Like it just, mm -hmm. it things that maybe feel convenient or things that maybe feel um, like, like you said, like sort of animated, like in that Scooby-Doo quality, like mm -hmm. Willow's backpack just happens to have a flamethrower in it. Like the rule just happens to live right there. Like right. things like that feel tonally consistent with, with the show. Whereas maybe if this was uh, house of the dragon or rings of power and <laughs> somebody was out in the woods and they just happened to bump into another character that might feel a little weird, but yeah this is so aware and it's also much like star wars um it it, it opens with the idea that you're being told a story mm -hmm. so you know there's not a narrator but there is a there is a book there is a book yeah. of this event of willow this is, a, this is chapter five yeah we're yeah. watching and so yeah. that, that is interesting one thing i will note that we haven't talked about on the show before just on a, on a lucasfilm fandom note is that how fun is it to see the Lucasfilm logo with a musical tone Something over else. it? Yeah, yeah. With a it is cool. Thing. It is cool. Yeah. It definitely I, sets a like. I wonder if Indy will have one. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, that like out. that's one of the things that made me so excited about this show. Like, and with Indy coming out, it's like I love, I love for Lucasfilm to be able to to stretch because mm -hmm. like it's it's one thing to like. Of course, Star Wars. Of course, Star Wars, right? But yeah. it's like it's so fun for this, you know, really this great, you know, uh, you know, a great company, you know, like, for this really <laughs> amazing place to uh, you know, check just cash, right? Right? You know, so I'll check my bank account. Um, yeah, it's just great for this company to be able to, like, you know, do different things. It's fun. It's it's what was fun about when George had it and they were able to do red tails and strange magic and yeah, you know, absolutely just because, and it's like, it, we don't have to just be star Wars. We can foster other stories as well. And, yeah. and who knows what the future of Indiana Jones is. And it's a return to Willow roots too. And, Cause it's like, yeah. you know, before anyone um actualizes us in the comments, we know like, and it's, it's, it's the irony of Lucasfilm becoming the star Wars company is that it had two two whole features before star wars you know mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. you know you're not gonna sell thx to kids in the same way you can do willow uh and american graffiti has aged yeah. questionably in certain regards uh but still wholesome to the best of its ability yeah. uh, but but it's like it, it makes it feel sort of fleshed out puts you right in the tone so from that logo to the book to this chase um it immediately makes you feel an adrenaline it makes you feel all this energy um but like we've said, it makes you feel like it's going to be an action-packed episode. And mm. it's not that it's without that. But I love that it takes all the energy and all the tension. And then it's like, okay, we're going to redirect that now into human problems. We're going to yeah. redirect that into uh, romance, yeah, even some, some sexual themes, you know, because, mm. it's, you know, there are there are young couples, but there are also adult couples now with Borman right. and Scorpia. Um, right. and into a lot of insecurity into even some like Willow is directly now referred to it. Like you're such a dad, like they're, they're embracing mm -hmm. that even more now. Um, so talking about sort of just the overview, um, you know, 
we're assuming if you're watching uh hello if you're listening hello um uh, but uh i would be surprised if you were coming in cold but just to run it down this episode changes the lore uh, changes the lore i sound like an angry youtuber uh mm. it, it it adds revelations um, does it respect the fans That's the does it does it you know <laughs> this one's not for the critics it's for the fans you know it's gonna change the hierarchy of the willow universe um yeah. <laughs> but much like how the the previous episode gave Bavmorda an origin story mm -hmm. and that she wasn't always this way and that she fell in line with the crone and the blood of the six we find out that kale general kale the skull mask general was in fact the first of a people that we had already encountered briefly the bone reavers we saw them in the pilot um that he was the first of their kind and that the reason why they are out roaming is that they're the survivors of 20 years prior at the mm -hmm. battle in the third act of Willow the film. And that the only reason why they were her army in the first place is because she liberated the slaves of Galadorn in exchange for service. Galadorn was Eric's kingdom, which mm -hmm. in Willow the film is painted as just this fallen kingdom of good guy rebels. Now you get the idea their hands were not clean, which to me links the film, the pilot, and now the present stuff so perfectly because it was not a flaw, but it was a lingering question of, I thought Galadorn was cool. And then we met Graydon's father and he sucks. Mm -hmm. and, and then the Willow or, had said, you, yeah, you got, yeah, that mm -hmm. was the point I was thinking. Yeah. Um, that Willow it? had mentioned, um, it's not that good a name anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah. So that Galadorn is like, well, I don't know about you guys. And they're making a play for the throne, as we know, from yeah. Graydon's visions and stuff. So this entire picture of them has come together. And, you know, we're here on Casterly Talk. We'll make a Game of Thrones connection. I had texted this to you. Mm -hmm. It's it's as if, you know, the Unsullied were freed by Daenerys. But instead of Daenerys, it was an evil witch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we understand that. We empathize. And we understand Kale. You know, it's not like we can go back and give him pathos and give him new dialogue but you can right. there's only so much you can do with a, a very brutal barbarian mm -hmm. character but the loyalty now is imbued with a lot of pain and it changes jade's entire origin so that's sort of the rundown of what we're working with in terms of heavy stuff yeah. um before i throw it to you to talk about all those revelations i do want to note i'm finding this out in real time uh kale um, he was uh, previously played by Pat Roach, who passed away in 2004. Um, so rest in peace, sir, uh, to Mr. Pat Roach. It's currently being played by Mark Slaughter, played him physically. He's mm -hmm. uncredited. And I will give you one guess as to who was the voice of Kale in the in the dark side vision that Jade had. It's exactly who you think it should be. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, no, but that's really good. Uh, you, you were, you were, you were the wrong sibling. It was Sam Whitworth. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So keeping it in the family, yeah. Sam Whitworth voiced Kale for that, uh, that confrontation. And now that vision makes more sense. We'll talk about John Kasdan, uh, homaging his father with a certain drinking game later. Um, yes. but <laughs> Nikki's like, oh yes, we will dedicate an entire well. segment to yes, that. But now we know that Jade was uh, actively battling her father on a dark side vision, mm -hmm. which sounds like a film um, that we've seen. So Is tell me how you involved? felt about. <laughs> yeah, I think he, yeah. you know, he might have might have done a pass. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about much like in the movie, 
they the lore dumps are a lot like mm. but but i think they handle them elegantly like you're never like wait what what Ooh. yeah like it, it's the exposition is always very comic booky um mm -hmm. where it's like previously on willow if you didn't know you know turn to page whatever like it, right. it feels abrupt but not sloppy mm -hmm. i think um you know first of all anybody who's been kind enough <laughs> gracious enough to listen to me yap about willow on this on the show <laughs> knows this is something that came into my life very recently um so like a month ago <laughs> yeah like if that and um so yeah like for me i'm i'm also just interested in how this affects people who've been watching this for for years and years and mm -hmm. years and and this world they thought was this way is now this way like i think that's pretty cool like to me it it almost feels very uh original trilogy to pre prequel trilogy in terms of mm -hmm. like oh the jedi were this actually like mm -hmm. they were working with the senate and politics and yeah like they weren't just this mystical knightly order or whatever um it kind of reminds me of how that sort of feels as an expansion of of what's known and yeah i think i think in in terms of you know just sort of dropping it and being like well here it is i think this might have been the again i don't like say this like well they should have done this like but i think i expected jade to like struggle with it more hmm. um which maybe she still will you know like right but, but i think um i think that was the first time again it's not like well that's wrong it um, breaks it the show the, no yeah, yeah no. it was maybe the first time where it's like something went past and i looked back usually I don't yeah that, was it a little bit back. like yeah it's um, a, um you and i've talked off air about how pacing is a weird thing to bring up but mm -hmm. i feel like this is an instance where it's like again not to say we can do their jobs better but like if, if there was like five minutes in the middle or a longest a longer scorpia conversation or something but there's also the out right of like this forest is established to make you it's weird. more open yeah. to things like yeah. Borman uses two funny examples of you'll start officiating weddings or dog sitting for strangers you barely know. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's like how much of their community is, is enhanced by magic is opened up by magic. They're eating fruit that makes it impossible to not tell the truth. Um, so there's things like that, that I wonder if it's like, when she's removed from the situation, she'll start to consider things more because there are questions already raised, which right. I like of when the quest is over, where will you go? And yeah. so I, I think that maybe it'll be like a, we'll hit it later. Um, but we don't know. Um, so I think your concern's valid because it was sort of like, it's a great cut, right? It's a great directorial choice for Willow and, and the great and to realize like, to walk into oh, a party. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Oh, they don't, they just don't care about us. <laughs> as right, well as right. they, they, they don't yeah. mind us. Um, that's great. But there is a little bit of a, it, are you more accepting? It sort of allows, I think I was gonna say the reader because of the book stuff, but it, it allows the viewer to make almost like an inference, like talking about it with you now, like, is it because Valentine's dead that she longs for family? And mm -hmm. maybe that's what's making her more easily accepting is it because is it is it the joy of realizing that her family wasn't slaughtered entirely yeah 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's probably part of it. You know, yeah. it's such a it's such a key piece of her history is you know I was the only one who survived. Mm -hmm. um, and to to be told, yeah, like you know we're we're sisters. I think that I think that is a powerful emotion. And yeah, it's just interesting. It's again, it's like it's it's so interesting. I I just want to see more <laughs> like it's yeah it's um it's it's i hope like yeah i hope it continues to play a role because i think it's such a key piece of jade's character to want to be the knight of you know the gold what's it is it the golden it's like the shining legion shining the, shining legion yeah. um it, that's her identity when we meet her mm -hmm. is to be this i i am the exception to be this yeah, um, she'll be and... the first woman to ever be accepted, and mm -hmm. and to now be told that we don't know if it was the Shining Legion, but that some Tiras lean Tiras yeah. Rangers that the the strategy was raise them that way there can't be an uprising. Yeah. Is like yikes! Like yeah. the, the, you know the colonization stuff that is there thematically is, is is brutal. It's horrible, right? And and we do get the part later where she's like, why would I would sort of lie about it, mm -hmm. and but it's it's two kids trying to figure it out, like you know the, the politics exactly. of kingdoms, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think Kit is also in a place where like she doesn't want to probably straight up say, "Well, my mom screwed up," you know, like yeah. Um, and they also both just... have to face the fact that like something that has lingered over the Sorsha Willow rift is that Sorsha is the, is the daughter of the villain. Mm -hmm. Like Sorsha will always so for her decisions are painted by the fact that she's trying to avoid evil out of paranoia yeah um and, and hiding is in her character right so now now uh you know kit is surrounded by two women that are are were hidden you know Alora and jade mm -hmm. are now both and and again this show so self-aware that you can have a line like my dad killed your dad <laughs> like things like that yeah he said and it just yeah. plays like, um, are you cool with that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it is uh it is interesting yeah. to see sort of how that all sort of comes together. And, you know, it, we've talked off air a little bit about the viewing experience and how it's, it's like, we want the whole world to love this show, but also it's, it's, it's smallness is protecting it from some, some discourse maybe. And um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, imagine the, the small galaxy complaints of something like this. Like, right. Oh, you, the the two villains' kids were a couple, and now they're they all here. And oh, rule lives here too. And uh, mm. like, but yeah, it knows, and exactly that's it works. And it's it's one of those things too, where it's like we're not we wouldn't like suggest to devalue it in any way. Where it's like, oh, you know, turn off your brain for Willow. Like, mm -hmm. just don't ask questions for Willow. Like, that's not the point. Like, the no. point is, as you say, it's like it just knows who it is and knows who you can knows it's the show that can be like yeah what about it <laughs> you know, like yeah. like it's uh it's just it's cool it i love that confidence it has in itself to to do that and even even when it it turns into things like well of course jade is cool with this like it might feel that way and you know maybe that maybe i noticed that and i'm like oh interesting okay let's keep going um mm -hmm. so like it, it it, maybe it's not always a successful trait, but it is admirable. Yeah, it's a consistent one. You mm. know, they, they make that choice uh, no matter what, and they make it um, with every character, and they allow the characters to make suboptimal decisions. And because so many of them have that's been... key. That's key to any story. It's it is straight, right? Like, like <laughs> dude, the way people talk art. about 
Yeah, the way people talk about characters where it's like, why'd you do that? <laughs> like, it's like, because we are living in a story, baby. Like, yeah, like, like I, I can tell you, I, I make suboptimal it. decisions every day. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I, you ever order a, you know, a double cheeseburger instead of just a burger? Like, yeah, that might be in, suboptimal. You're in the drive-thru, you've already planned the order, you get in there, and then you're like, yeah, I just, you know, put the six-piece nuggets into. Yeah, like, like you know, <laughs> that's people, life. People it's, are motivated by just by just doing things, and that's why they're uh, real. That's why they feel mm-hmm. like our friends. These people feel real. Yeah, these people feel real. And there's a lot of, I think, thematic stuff. You know, we start with that jade stuff and all that lore drop to say that what she's representing is, and what Scorpio represents, and the Bone Reavers is that like, yeah, violence. You know. It's, it's, the cycle's got to end sometime. Like as, as Kit rightfully points out, they wear people's skulls as masks. That's not cool either. (laughs) Um, But it's a, well, who started it, right? Like who, Mm -hmm. who we were the slaves of Galadorn, but then we were freed. Yeah. But then you work for someone evil, but now you're doing this. So you have these children that are the cycles of violence. Kit and Eric are top of the list, you know, Mm -hmm. from blood of the six and then Jade daughter, Kale. And then you've got Graydon and everything that happened with him. And he's called out for it here. Yeah. But you also get a lot of, and you know, star Wars is going to continue to come up because it's, it's a George thing. We always see George in the credits on this show. Um, John Kasdan and his team and Hannah Friedman with this script and all these directors, are doing things that I love to see um, in terms of like rebirth, like take get, taking away their ability to hide via a magical fruit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're all telling the truth and Graydon shaves and Jade lets her hair out. And Willow is, you know, he's getting pissed. Like he says before mm-hmm. it, he's like, I'm an insecure old man who's mediocre at best. And I never had adventures and I'm afraid to tell him people. And like, it, it's it's like the board resets emotionally mm-hmm. and even Borman who's a liar um, has his moment uh, where she's like I could keep you as my prisoner and he says I already am mm-hmm. it's like the most honest that he ever is and um, yeah it, it was just a really cool way to not stop the story but it's like it was almost a flip like we, we gave you a villain fight at the front and now we're going to give you all right. the build yeah. Um, and you know, we took out, I was checking, uh, the notes on it just for those playing at home. Um, we lost the two creatures known as the, the scourge. Well, the scourge and the dag, it was the lich and the doom are destroyed. Um, and the scourge <laughs> and the dag are still, are still oh, yeah. around. Yeah. And so we got, we got our, a plot, you know, sub boss fight and right. and now it's just emotions and then you know we'll talk about the cliffhanger but mm-hmm. um where do you want to go in terms of the ideas of these characters because it is a party so let's keep it loose yeah let's just just move me around to what jumps out something i want to talk about is because this is now noticeably for me continued from episode four mm. and probably when i think about it um goes to, into the episodes prior my favorite scenes are between kit and Alora. i think they mm. are i think they're so money together which is obviously massive credit to ruby and ellie mm-hmm. and it's like it's one of those things where it's just like they 
they have that they have that conversation now where like I hey, you don't like me <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you know but it's like the 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 truth comes out still and it's like i think they are just the perfect challenge for each other yeah um especially because both of their goal is eric right like mm-hmm. they're they're sort of united in that in a way that nobody else in the group is you know nobody else has the same exact motive like we know like Graydon didn't even really want to go <laughs> and then mm-hmm. and now he's sort of like on Elora's path and then Jade goes to protect Kit yeah um Willow's there for Elora and then uh and then what's it called uh Borman is there for we still don't really know still, is it <laughs> like is nice it mystery still cooking on that mad one mad Mardigan yeah. loyalty is it the, the, the current uh, by the way sorry uh we need to call him by his full legal name now it's Thraxus Relaxus Vormund yeah. which my goodness just the just we'll, great talk, dialogue. We'll, we'll talk about great him dialogue. but yeah but thing. but to your point yeah the the challenge um you know of, of the two the two of them like the someone who on paper is you know the sword swinging as you pointed out, best Disney princess. I think a, yeah. a strong argument could be made for that already. Um, goat. And she's a you know this magical bloodline. She's got all this stuff, but she's just insecure and is angry. And that's yeah, that's something I love about like when you watch Ruby Cruz play this role, the way she flips out of nowhere between that like I'm the I'm the lead character, yo. Like mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm the I'm the princess who can do all the cool stuff. The way she flips from that to I'm a child who knows absolutely nothing about yeah. the world and like becomes very small. Mm-hmm. And um, like even in the the scene um with with Jade at the end, like she's she she looks tiny, you know, in in trying to like navigate those feelings. And even with um like the scene with Alora when Alora really challenges her on like what is what is Jade mean to you and yeah. and it, it must suck for Jade to be in love with you and you don't you're not able to to love her back yeah. and it's just like yeah because because Kit goes from that like well, what do you know Miss Muffins to mm-hmm. to just so small She's she just has totally sh- all the armors ripped off she has the acting ability that people talk about with deserved reverence of like the original superman film of like how did this handsome big guy chris reeves make anyone believe Mm -hmm. that he was not superman and it's all just like no eye contact it's it's like the the tiniest little things and and the stutter and the well i'm well you know i'm 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 a friend and i'm I'm, Mm -hmm. it's 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 all these choices that break it and later you get like the funny moment by the tree of like you know, and I know you act mean and I know you <laughs> this and that. And like when they're telling each other yeah. the truth that they've had the fruit. But even before that, you're right. Like when they're trapped, it's like we, the viewer, get to get a fun experience there and an emotional one because we've seen that had the events of, you know, the plot not kicked off. She did get to a moment of admission. Yeah. Um, you know, she. She, but she's gonna bolt. Yeah, <laughs> you know? she's gonna run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She she jumped on top of Jade, gave her a, as Irvin Kershner would call it a big old smooch, right. and then was gonna go do whatever. Yeah. Um. And so now it's like when we're watching this scene, we're like, oh, well, we know we've seen mm. confirmation, and Laura hasn't seen confirmation, and it's a it's a fun ride to be on, and it's a fun thing for Ruby to get to play. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's universally relatable. And it's part of what makes this show special is that, you know, the other shows that we cover here and other fantasy in general, even stuff we don't cover, like, you know, we always talk about Lord of the Rings and, and, and Ice of Fire, but, you know, I would imagine uh, someone like, you know, uh, you know, the Witcher cast characters or people from Outlander or things like that. Like, I don't think there's going to be like a lot of like relatable teens, you know, like in those yeah. worlds, you know, they're heightened yeah. and they're larger than life. And this gives people the same in that like Spider-Man gives us, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That, that reminds me of um, that sort of concept a little bit of House of the Dragon with the, the fourth episode where you get the, this is what I'm allowed to do. And this is what you're not allowed to do. Mm -hmm. And like, and they're, they're, you know, Allison and Rhaenyra are young people, probably, probably same-ish age as like Kit and these characters. They're about, I think they're about 20. Right. And, and yeah. Uh, With Willow, then, the movie House was 20 Dragon, years ago. It's yeah. like, they've got to be like 1920. Yeah. How's the Dragon? They're like playing around like 17 or something. Mm. Um, but it's like, yeah, the same idea of in other fantasy, it, like we don't often see kids being kids and like house of the dragon is sort of unique in that episode and sort of showing Rhaenyra's freedom mm -hmm. to, to be whatever she wants, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a, just a really cool part of Willow to allow them to be teenagers. Like it, it almost feels like in, in Harry Potter when, when half blood prince is like, eh, we don't care about the horcruxes. Let them let them figure out their love lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, it kind of reminds me of that. And it's a it's a very endearing aspect. And I think another point to to just continue to throw as much praise on Ruby Cruz as possible. Late recast. Crazy. Maybe maybe the most important late recast since Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> I I um, think you're right about that. I mean, it's yeah. it's like I can't imagine the show without her because her choices are so specific i mean we already teased it but like you know she, she gets to do john kazan has not been subtle about his homaging nor should he be um mm -hmm. he's doing it in such a fun way as ken pointed out in the pilot the horse bit is straight out of one of ken's favorite films <laughs> young guns too mm -hmm. um and then here you get you had seen it before me you texted me you said there is a a, a kit scene um but it's not related to the romance etc etc and um the second that I saw the drinks, I was like, oh, we're doing Raiders now? Yep, yeah. Yep. Oh, it's so <laughs> good. And I can't yeah. imagine that scene without her. I can't exactly. imagine that scene without yeah. her choices, without her, you know, the way she drinks, you know, the prop drink slams them down. Like, that's mm -hmm. that's her, like, not challenged, getting to be right. the swaggy princess that she thinks she is. Yeah. No, she's she's got that energy that... Um, I don't even know how to say it. I think on Twitter I described it as the it with mm -hmm. with the star emojis. She just got it. Um, yeah. She's got the again like she leans away to look cool, mm -hmm. but then she but then she again she feels nervous and she, she becomes she so up. so not cool, right? Like and it's yeah. um it's great and I, I've loved I've loved it and I've loved it watching um, not just this episode, especially the last episode when she tries to when she like really realizes oh i have to tell her about the bush don't i <laughs> like and mm -hmm. and it's like she just becomes like this new person um so yeah epic yeah. kit tantalos is 
it's some it's some dope shit going on. She's special. She yeah. really is. She's special. And when you think about Jade and and their relationship, you know, we started with it like right out of the gate confirmation, but there's a difference between you know the visual confirmation, which is a huge step, of course, to representation and something that we want to see a lot more of. Um, but for for in world for them to have the you know I'm truly you know deeply holy whatever the line is and in love with you which i think the, was a criticism with um, andor recently. andor yeah 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 because it was. it was it was put on there we know they're a couple mm-hmm. but there was no real like let's talk about really being a couple and like what it yeah. means what it's doing to us mm-hmm. um so i think yeah it's it's amazing credit to this writing team and these actors to just portray such an honest young relationship yeah. and and for it to be a queer relationship is is so it's like i don't even know what the word is because it just shouldn't be like it shouldn't be uh like a special thing like we should just have this casually yeah <laughs> but it is like it is because that's the way the industry has made it mm-hmm. um but it's it's you know it's one of those things where it's like about time in a, yeah. in a big sort of disney plus property you know mm-hmm yeah, it's long overdue and to see it happen with these two performers and to see how it how it affects Jade and how they don't do whenever there's an opportunity for them to I think like sort of CWify it, like they they take that away. Mm-hmm. Literally with magical fruit. Like it's a, you get and you get little touches like I love Kit approaching Jade after they've had their argument and it's um uh, I you know, I need to talk to you. And then she's like, I would really like to talk to you. (laughs) She immediately adjusts her approach. And that feels so human. Um, If I have one tiny little like hiccup thing, it would just be uh, that the truth bomb compels the truth bomb. The truth plum compels her to say that she suspected Jade's origin. I think that's, Mm. you know, it could be something that gets picked up later. But I'm just like, am I chalking that up to just she has theories about everything yeah she yeah, has said that before she has ideas mm-hmm. about what her dad did and stuff but yeah i think kit is by nature sort of paranoid mm-hmm. like with because of um mad martigan and all that and yeah like she came up with the story about a lord and and that's it and that's what she tells herself to sleep at night you know and yeah. i think it's not yeah it's not out of the question that she'd be like yeah i think you're right like i think it is one of those things where it's like was it necessary i don't know again that all depends on if they bring it up later yeah the completed piece and and it's like you know it could be the next time we see sorcia we get something on it or is that is that just a matter of maybe the dialogue could have been more explicit like maybe if it was i always suspected that your tattoo meant something mm-hmm. or I got there was something I, I, up. I, I had a bad feeling like, about it or yeah. I, I never I never or the believed. way the way maybe people like Valentine like yeah coveted her and mm-hmm. like raised her and focused on her. It's I like, always thought that was wrong. Yeah. That it's yeah. either it's either something in the wings or it's undercooked a little mm-hmm. bit. But mm-hmm. but nothing to to be upset about because again it's this show earns the ability to have some of that fun wiggle yeah. room. And when Aaron um, and Ruby are bouncing off each other like that, you don't care. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> just, they're just <laughs> dynamite. Yeah, they're, like, they're working. 
They're at work. Yeah. Yeah. Erin Kellyman, not enough good can be said about her. She I means she's been great across all three of the major things we've seen her in, all four with mm-hmm. Green Knight. Um, just an incredible actress. She's so understated. And I think that her her playing all of the emotions and the revelations of like finding out who you are, because that's such a big theme um, with all fantasy, and especially with young people, but particularly with this crew in this episode. Um Everyone started getting confronted with the truth, and yeah, her scene with, with Scorpia, I, where Scorpia does the whole exposition, um, I thought was fantastic. And mm-hmm. um, the two of them, or it's like when they're when they're adversaries and they're fighting, you buy it, and the second mm-hmm. you find out that they're siblings, you buy that too, and yeah. you're like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I see it now, I feel it now, I get like obviously there's a, a physical resemblance, you know, they were they're cast and they have a similar mm. look. They have a similar the freckles. Haircut, like the freckles. Yeah. Like it was right there. Um, yeah. But it, it was just a, it, it was a natural change um, for Aaron's performance throughout that scene. Um, I thought that that all that was really effective and, and sort of that idea hangs over everybody because mm-hmm. it's sort of what's happening with Graydon too. Yeah. Um, throughout all this. Yeah. And he's got a really, He's like, yeah, he's on a he's on an interesting trajectory because it is almost very surface level. I got a crush on this girl and I need her to notice me. <laughs> but then but then it also has that added element of like she also saw you in a way that you don't know she saw you in. You know, yes. it's like so it's like it's 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 so again like teeny, but also with that perfect layer of fantasy um sort of complication added to it and Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's like again like a cool a cool pairing because it's you know obviously graydon and kit were were the arranged pair we always knew that wasn't gonna be a thing and um to now pair this kid who has this weird past with possession (laughs) now Mm -hmm. twice um and is also like you know kind of obsessed about the old magics and studying it he, he reads the language you know, the writing on the the wall right. in um the pilot and now to pair him with like the chosen one sorceress right yeah i think that's a very it's a very so just kind of cool like archetype pairing yeah i was talking about it with adam collins on the previous episode who i gotta get adam's thoughts as he's a lifelong willow fan on everything that that they dropped but um and uh and he will be back we're gonna do a season wrap up and hang and everything and we'll all talk together um but we were talking about sort of the um the connections to something like rise of skywalker and like you know how the blood of the six makes bavmorta sorsha uh, Kit and Eric sort of like children of darkness, but how there's mm-hmm. also this like contrast of Graydon's kind of a child of darkness. Like it's it's come for him. Maybe they thought they had it with whatever clearly brutal ritual they did on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the podcast listeners, I'm making scar motions all over my <laughs> chest and everything. Uh, yeah. But but it's come for him again. And she she's had light all around her since she was a baby. Right. And he's had the inverse. And so it's like in the opposite. And so to see that um, play off each other, I'm curious if this will be a classic triangle, love triangle, or if it'll be a he'll realize um, 
that he doesn't need her approval and that he'll grow out of the crush or if she if they will it really will be a she realizes kind of what other people think which is now you and eric were just having sex it wasn't actually love and that this guy actually does care who knows where they go with it yeah but their moments i think are are like you said it's it's he has so far the most surface but with the most like interesting like yeah you know yes and to it like Mm -hmm. yeah it's the how do i talk to women but or 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 just anyone it's you know universally relatable i shouldn't gender it how do i talk to anyone that i have a crush on Mm -hmm. but then also when i think that i'm inherently wrong like i think something i think i'm bad i think i'm dark i think i'm whatever yeah Um, because he also just he doesn't just say like it isn't just um how do i get elora to notice me it also has that mm-hmm. layer of is she also avoiding me? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um is she so, afraid? And... Yeah, there's that extra edge to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you know when has how his father has treated him and how he sort of has felt useless and everything. Um that's why I love that he doesn't get his Elora, you know, romance arc resolved here, but what he does get is Willow under the influence of the truth plum saying, You're a good person. Mm-hmm. which I think was like not arc resolved, but that was a huge step um, before the chaos of the ending to have those two characters, the two magic, you know, appreciators, um, which before the truth plums, Graydon even pointed out like, Oh, finally you and I some time alone. Like <laughs> he's like, this is not alone time. He's like, yeah. We're trapped. Yeah. Um, it was really, really cool. And I think that that it's given, Tony Rivalori, a lot of stuff, a lot of different layers to play. Yeah. Um, in terms of the comedy. And he's a he's a good addition um to a lot of the different arcs too. A lot of the relationships. Him and Borman have some really funny stuff up top. And that mm-hmm. just talking about the comedy of the show, the the stuff about romance and intimacy and sex and and nervousness and confidence and all of that and the push and pull and the flirtations, like it's just a steamy episode, you know? It is, yeah. It's it's uh, It was very charged. Yes. Um, and I think, I, again, like just with the comedy beats, I, I love the, you know, Borman talking to um, Graydon and he's, you know, like, and then like women will just say whatever. You say like, they'll do nothing but love you. And then it like immediately cuts to Kit and she's like, Borman, I'm going to kill you. If you're... Yeah. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yes. Well played. Always, that's a great setup. Classic setup. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was because I had, I had previously thought the last episode was the funniest, mm-hmm. and now this is also the funniest. And it's yeah. like are they just gonna keep bumping it up. <laughs> like I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested in how well they use comedy in this mm-hmm. show. Yeah, it's comedy through character. Everybody has a different sense of humor. Kits is very, you know, biting and sarcastic and mm-hmm. roguish. Later, when she's like, you know, trying to strike that deal, she's like, "Please, you know, this is what we're trying to do. Just let us all go free. You can keep Borman. He sucks." Like, <laughs> you know, she immediately is like going to trade him away. Yeah. Um, the the Willows comedy stuff is great. With the way that, um, you know, he he sort of feels like it's the first time you get to see him relaxed. Yeah. Um, yeah. in a while. Uh, possibly since the, the movie <laughs> like to see him actively yeah. to just have a good time and laugh and 
and Warwick. I mean, that's where Warwick shines, you mm -hmm. know, and he, he, you know, this is so focused on young people and so focused on romance that Willow doesn't have as much to do in this one, but we need to rotate them around. But for what he does have, um, especially the wand stuff, you know, mm -hmm. talking about him and Alora, that all plays so well because it's like that, the, 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 the essence of that comedy is sort of like dad saying, no, you can't have the car. Yeah. and like hiding the car keys and well, then she's, she's saying you're such a dad you're such a dad yeah you're such a dad and then like when he sees her like using the wand to stir yeah her yeah. food her, her soup mm -hmm. um all that stuff really really played for me and i think did a lot to um contextualize where we were like story-wise like it was a clever it was a good scene their first scene about the wand not just for enhancing their rapport but also like you know, for the kids you know the younger viewers we gotta let them know sort of where we are and we established that she technically has completed now two of the four things mm. and we're you know about halfway through the season so it was yeah they do their like hey we're checking you off on progress mm. uh in elegant ways yeah. with the two of them yeah something i really liked about willow again because he he does take a bit of a backseat um I think I really liked the uh, like the obvious big I'm a fraud I didn't do anything like it, you know obviously I think it's one of those things of like he believes it but he's not telling you the truth it's his mm -hmm. truth but it's not real <laughs> like yeah. like I don't like it's you know he he believes that but he's wrong and it doesn't make you tell like gospel truth it makes you not be able to lie which are different things yeah yeah, yeah. it like it, it reminds like in the same way when Obi-Wan says, and this is nebulous, so it's like a little more um, mm -hmm. to play with. But when Obi-Wan's like, when Maul asks Obi-Wan, like, is he the chosen one? He's like, yes. Like, that was not confirmation that he was the chosen one. Luke yeah. was the chosen one. That's that's just Obi-Wan believes that. He came to think. Right, yeah. yeah. Rightly or wrongly, Obi-Wan believes that. And it's sort of, I think, similar with what Willow is. Like, I don't think Willow is on a story level confirming to the audience that he didn't do anything but it's like it's perfectly within his sort of era of doubt obviously we still don't know about what was hinted at with loss of mm, the his, son, his and son and and wife in the village and yeah and so it, it just it made really it was it's a nice way to like continue willow development while not spending too much time on willow Mm -hmm. And then I also thought uh, there was a small thing with uh, <laughs> that's a that's a bad pun now. Small thing yeah. with with rule, yeah. Um, and Boo. yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't planning it. I was planning it, but um, he uh, he's like, okay, get in, let's go. And he's I like, love nah, that. Man. He's like, I'm I'm out. I'm out of the game. <laughs> you know, I gotta I gotta hang with my daughter. <laughs> um, and it's I love it, that. Yeah, and it's like that thing with Willow, like maybe he like did, did he not quite get that he's the old one yet right like and mm -hmm. um and just this idea that we could get the band back together not being the reality you know i right? love and that it's like you actually have to lead these kids you're the shepherd for the kids it's like you're not mm -hmm. you're not that um you know that photoshop of the millennium falcon cockpit <laughs> with the with the four heroes in it yeah. like, like it's not that's not your journey willow mm -hmm. um it, it isn't about just grabbing all your friends and from the old stuff and 
and hitting one last time on the road, you know? Yeah, I think that that is so well said and it's a great example. And uh, I, I I love it on that level. I love it. I mean, I, I love it comedically. I think that Kevin Pollack, like slipping right back into that voice and, you know, it's it's a, such a it's such a uh, 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 trying not to say small. Uh, it's such a it's a it's a very insular. It's very it's just, you know it's a uniquely. That's why you're, that's why you're a better broadcaster. Yeah. Than me. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's not like he has an arc, or it's like he's not mm-hmm. like he's gonna. Mm-hmm. Like, you get the idea that this is the only time we'll see him, and that Frangine is somewhere else. And I think he's in the show, so it's like maybe they split them up, and we'll get like you know they decided to dole out the brownie action a yeah, little bit differently yeah. but i like the your angle on it because i think that's correct of it's not a band back together thing uh mad martigan has been gone sorcia has the duties of ruling and like even the brownies he's like no i'm gonna spend time with my daughter um there's also there's also like a throwaway line that like Frangine might have gotten a divorce and gotten <laughs> with rule before they yeah <laughs> like, they, like or it was like he left his wife left him for him right like was that the joke I thought the joke was that Frangine's I have to rewatch it but I think yeah same rule saying Frangine's wife left him because he wanted me or something like that oh okay. or, I th- I thought it was the wife left Frangine for rule maybe okay I, we gotta yeah, rewatch I don't that. know yeah but now, but now it was I'm... but it was very funny um yeah, it's a good and piece. but you're right so it's it's you can't have things the way they were but also rule as wacky and zany as he is is at peace yeah. and it's you know like you the the reasons why you can't get the band back together are different mm-hmm. for Razelle is dead and we said mads and sorcia can't be there and but for Willow, it's easy to be like, open up the bag and be like, come on, hop in. Let's do the adventure again. Uh, and as as Rule reenacts the entire movie, like the, <laughs> we fight, ha, who, ride, 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 happy right. kissy ending. Like yep. All, yep. all of that. But it's, it's easy for Willow to say that because he still has something to prove. Mm-hmm. He's not at peace. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, and that's why, that's what I love about when we revisit a legacy character um i'm sorry to everybody that is like this is like in maverick i still haven't seen it but nikki saw it um and i th- the impression i get from the scenes i've seen just on instagram mm-hmm. or trailers is that's a man who's not at peace han mm-hmm. solo came back in tfa that's a man who's not at peace leo's not at peace luke is the furthest thing from being at peace mm-hmm. like it's never a bam back together it's a what is left to tie up yeah and the hero that has something tied up is not gonna go because it's like i i I have my kid and my house and Mm -hmm. i love you and i was so happy to see you and he helps him um he gives him a little leaf i was unclear on what the leaf did i feel yeah unfortunately i would not be able to break it down I think yeah. I was. I think I was like my brain was still with like Kit and Alora when that happened. Understandably, because they were playing with the yeah. wand. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's like that's something I'm gonna have to revisit to get the details on. Um, yeah, he had given yeah. him some like advice on how to break out, and you know, there's some funny jokes and stuff about using greatness and distraction. But but yeah, even rule like, you know, it's it's always the classic George thing, and you know, harkens back to Tolkien and just classic myths of of the smallness going all the way back to David. You know, mm-hmm. but the the idea of yeah, it's like you no, know, it has to be you. And and what you said about 
you know, you combine that insecurity that Willow expresses with the fact that he is still got the chip on his shoulder. And, and mm. that's sort of what it's the chip on his shoulder combined with duty as, as Nims points out, like, you know, dad, this is how you protect the baby that you've been, you know, it's like 20 years ago, you protected the baby. You still have to do it. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a lot of something that Ron Bergman said in the director and the Jedi, like it's, you know, it's been documented and litigated in public that Mark Hamill struggled a little bit with Luke's arc and came around mm -hmm. later and came around later. I want to it's emphasize an important piece of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a key element that he has yeah. literally said he loves the movie and thinks it's great and understands it now. Um, but in that documentary during shooting, there's a moment where Ron Bergman says, I think Mark is coming to terms with the fact that he's not Luke in this one. He's Obi mm -hmm. and Willow in a metatextual way is realizing that he's Obi. He's not mm -hmm. calling on Willow allies. He is the master and they're making allies. Yeah. It's, it's, Borman's friend Scorpia that becomes part of the adventure. It's Borman's other friend Alagash that is alluded to. It's it's Lori. Lori. Yeah, Lori <laughs> is a great joke. It's it's yeah. Jade that finds her sibling. It's like yeah. stuff's happening with the next generation. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're an institution now. That's why it's cool for Graydon to be like, but I read about everything that you did. Mm -hmm. And willow to be like no it was just dumb luck like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like that at all um it's a great moment um quick note on laurie yes uh he has a very small role in ted lasso in the episode that i have described to you as the green knight oh ted lasso. yes oh, that's awesome <laughs> uh and he just he again because it's that episode is very green knight is very like odyssey like encounter of the hour type thing. right and uh, he just plays this like really small role, and it was, it was just funny to see him again. And I was like, ah, uh, my man in a second fantasy role. <laughs> his name is Charlie Raws. That says, as Laurie Toth, a bone reaver who is insecure about his first name. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love. He's a great that little like cameo actor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some they, people again. It, it's like it's like positions characters. in sports, right? Where it's like, it's not this guy's job to do this, but the job he can do bang on it nails um, it yeah nails so it. You i mean that's like with with jonas like jonas mm -hmm. swatomo our beloved uh you know second generation chewbacca you know taking over for the legend peter mayhew and now here he is in another role like getting to be the scourge like it's yeah. like is the scourge like emoting or like acting it's like no but like we know that jonas you understand the physicality we, we, mm -hmm. you understand the costume acting you understand the presence and it's just like just go and have yeah. this great scene and this show employs those people really well same like it did with valentine same like it did with uh the gentleman who played corn half hand i'm blanking on his name but mm -hmm. it's like we just place these guys where they need to be placed and, and, yeah. and it all sings really well um uh so, you know finishing up just talking about allura i think the, the wand stuff is great and seeing her come more into her element here you know we established that she's already done certain things and and she's already having um she's moving into the next step and talking about divination and she's putting together you know she brings up the question in the previous episode about what went down with willow that he's that she's not being truthful 
she asked him here, have you ever had a, a vision or have you ever di divinated? And then he's like, yeah, I've had visions sometimes. And then it's like, am I in them? <laughs> and then yeah. that is, that's like, well, um, so yeah. she's, she's starting to become more aware. Um, the visual representation of her red hair coming back is, is wonderful and very mythic. Yeah. And then, and then the and wand. Yeah. And something I was thinking about in terms of the, her, the Graydon relationship is like, we see him go from this like uh, quiet, self-serious kid and moving towards this lighthearted, oh, I'm going to wear a bandana now. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to mm -hmm. shave. Um, and it's like, he's going that way while she's going from that more like ditzy energy into mm -hmm. this sort of more stable level um you know just just the way she talked to kit and then the way she talked to Graydon at the end where she's like well figure it out let me know kind of thing and yeah. like just she be she's starting to become a stable presence for yeah. for these people and um i thought i think that's like obviously key to her character as she mm. is now going to obviously the the quest is going to go deeper and deeper and the challenges are going to get worse and worse and she's going to get stronger and stronger and yeah. um it's yeah it, it just i think it's going to make this incredible arc i mean you whenever the the season's done and the series is done even if the you know if there's more seasons i think it's going to be a really stunning thing to to look where she is by the end and then watch the pilot again <laughs> like it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be so fun to to see that um yeah absolutely i mean yeah. even in the 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 sort of functional elements of the storytelling like ability to spell cast and how it took her forever you know to do the to do the growth charm and to make mm -hmm. that bush happen but it only takes her a couple tries to get the wand to fire a, a huge blast like yeah. she's sort of like remembering like literal things like her her actual memorization of language is getting better her pronunciations mm -hmm. are getting better it's like it's on every level uh thematic and literal um and and just the, you know the way that yeah. she it, i think that her the way that she plugs into the party and sort of becomes party host yeah and 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 cook and people rally around her and everything and she's got that really cool um like her hairstyle and it's like this beautiful like updo that she's got and everything like yeah it's it sort of like to me was a nice emotional there's emotional connectivity to huber and Anne. like the last time i met a people that i didn't understand like i was hesitant and i was afraid and i was being chased and like mm -hmm it ended up being a violent moment, but now here I get to have, I get to be a Laura Dannon in peace, which was yeah. a different thing, at least until the ending. So, yeah. Um, you have to remind me now, do the bone reavers know she's a Laura? I don't know. That, if or it does that mean anything up. to them? I don't know if it, I don't know if they know or care. I don't think it comes up at I all. I know Lori, Lori makes a comment on the food. And yeah. I don't remember if he like calls her by her name or if he's yeah, just like, hey. he might have, he might have. Um, but it, it again, it's one of those things. It's a key part of the world. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, you're you're a Laura Dannon? What? Yeah. It's like you're. Let me see the lightning bolt scar. Right? Like it's it's yeah. very much in that same. And their the, people exist as reavers in the woods because of the battle fought yeah, over her. So. Exactly. So it's like you'd think if if the knowledge of her being a Laura Dannon is 
is like known to them mm-hmm. it would be a big deal but it's yeah ne- it's never made a big deal maybe yeah. because they're all focused on jade yeah which i think is part of it and yeah. and, and we're also not sure like if these are going to be recurring characters because now we have a chase and everything and we'll we'll talk about that ending but we've talked about willow we've talked about kit we talked about jade we talked about graydon we talked about scorpio a little bit there's we got to talk about the man big man big man <laughs> this, this guy borman like we talked about it off air because we were just so in love with the comedy b his his great in comedy is great his you know i i, I it's youtube it's a podcast you know it's a fa- we were a family show i i hate to be saying the word sex as much as even though sex is not a shameful thing but like you know, it's, and Rings of Power is not coming up, you know, but for yeah. him to make jokes about like being tied up and everything like these are mm-hmm. more adult jokes than Lucasfilm usually gets to do because yeah. Star Wars is Star Wars yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't get to do earthy humor. Um, but you here, don't get you, veil of boobs in Star Wars. You don't get veil of boobs. No. You don't get, you know, to, you know, t- bring him to my tent, tie him up. And uh, yeah. I don't know, kind of sounds like we were on the same page, like yeah. like that type of stuff. Big fan um, of her muffins. <laughs> big fan of her muffins. But the the story of like how did you escape i forget the name of the place but it's where the trolls skellen i think was that it skellen i think yeah Yeah. you're right how'd you escape skellen and uh yeah it's mines yeah Mm -hmm. that's right because jade jumps in and explains it to laura uh and he's like i had to fight and it was this and sad it was bloody and you know it just makes it sound like the most epic thing meanwhile he's hiding in a barrel full of sludge like the inner cutting yeah just just like technically the on a script level to intercut mm-hmm. with voiceover and just cut it all like you know pull the rug from underneath <laughs> it all it's just genius it's it's a great it's just great um comedy scripting for this world and yeah. and for the character and it's um <clears throat> i think again it's it's his mini arc with her mm-hmm. in this in this episode it's obviously again the the truth plums force force people into positions but it's they're still true and it's like um to be that guy who's kind of just like you know lying his way through where he got to to then be being as vulnerable and honest as we've ever seen him with her um i think is really powerful and again it's just like we keep saying like it's a credit to (laughs) like writing to him and how and Hannah Friedman for for this particular episode where it's like to be able to mix comedy with the um like comedy is the ingredient for the arc yeah um I think is they they do a really good job with all the characters on that front but but it's um it was really clear with Borman in this episode yeah, you get the idea of like this is some of the stuff that he does care about that he has been burying. Like you give us all the comedy and then you confront us with what he's using comedy to deflect, you know, and it's mm-hmm. and it's her and it's their past. And and it and there is a little bit of, you know, the serialized storytelling, world building. Um Scorpio is once again a character that says, And what about Mad Mart again? And then we cut and you know, mm-hmm. we don't actually he doesn't he like pauses and then we're on to the next scene. And yeah you get the idea that there was some relationship between Thraxus and Thraxus Relaxus, sorry, Thraxus Relaxus Borman, mm-hmm. uh, Scorpia, this guy, Alagash, who we just know from casting as Christian Slater and, uh, mm-hmm. and Matt Mardigan at a time, like something went down. They all know each other. What is that relationship like? You know, what is, what is 
the you know there's an interesting tension i think for the viewers like the viewer being in sort of the, the quote god chair of knowing all the details right he is in this romance with the leader of the bone reavers the daughter of kale but was the squire for the man that killed kale her father yeah. Yeah. so he like what is that like i'm like lucasfilm you got a relationship with del rey give me the thraxis borman squire novel like an egg style mad martigan and thraxis like something like that would be so i love i love the points about these generations intertwining because Mm -hmm. it 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 serves as a foil to another staple of this show and by this show i mean casterly talk house of the dragon and the way generations have passed beef Mm -hmm. and past past hatred Mm -hmm. and that's why this that's why the dance of dragons is the bloody mess the bloody crispy fiery mess that it becomes um because of the way this the sins of the father and the mother become the sins of the children yeah and willow is really the opposite of that and it's like all these descendants are unifying and then you know um kissing each other right like it's, yeah, we're making like out it's a, we're slow yeah. dancing they lit they, right. they legit bring it to a prom style slow yeah. dance like yeah and it's it's just like again it's a, just a really great sort of like foil to think about these two trajectories of dealing with generations yeah it's a that's an excellent point that I, I love that i hadn't thought about it in those terms it's not it's not generational i mean it is generational fallout but it's not an inherited rift it's a self-aware as the show is a realization of oh oh our parents were screwing up well that's mm. not that's not good you know yeah. and and once once scorpia realizes that this is her little sister um which by the way i forgot to comment on the the beautiful dialogue of like it's a classic thing in stories be like well if you are who you say you are tell me something only i you, you know i would know you know like or we would know about each other and she's like, you know, you used to count the stars when you were a little girl mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you you could see it in her eyes. Like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. my sister. And but once that all plays, it's like, well, why can't the the Nelwyn and the Brownies and the Bone Reavers and the Tiraslene princess and the like, why can't that all be one? Um, and it comes from a pure place, which I think is great because we started from arranged marriage and a forced placed and mm-hmm. we st- we started from you know we're gonna we have a barrier and we're gonna unify these kingdoms we're gonna do it for political reasons but here it's like our stock are we're slaves and yeah they made a devil's bargain but it was to be free and so that's immediately gray and once we've acknowledged that there's gray in our generations i mean eric is named after eric who was not saying Eric was a slaver. We don't know what the politics yeah. of Galadorn was, but comes from that place. Yeah. Um, Just the lack of, they are not the, the heroes. Yeah. You thought they were. They're still the heroes of Willow, but they're not the heroes that you thought they were. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, societally. And right. I think it's very modern and self-aware and smart of Kasdan and his entire crew to say young kids in 2022 or young people in 2022, anyone in our age or, or younger, the delightful Gen Zers posting Zoolander clips on TikTok, like, <laughs> no, like we are the generation that is yeah. like, oh, you guys screwed up, and we're not gonna do that anymore. 
like we want to do things differently and to put that in fantasy is usually hard you know Mm -hmm. because of long-lived people because of like like that ain't happening rings of power because the people that messed up are still the leads because they ain't aging you know like they're you know they're they're living thousands of years so to have a story that's just it's just 20 years of change and people saying i i want to choose i want to choose love i want to choose fun and and for Mm -hmm. kit i think kit sort of sums it up with the and I want you to know that when the adventure's over, like I, I would come live here with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think was a really beautiful thing. Like the the princess of Tiraslene is saying, "I will go live with the Bone Reavers." Yeah, which is uh, like, which is also like that's that's payoff for Kit and the pilot who mm-hmm. wants nothing Didn't more run. than to go beyond, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, so it it's almost like that moment of it, like. <laughs> again like we're, we're going to talk about the end but it's like for kit probably in that moment almost all of her life problems were like can like conforming into oh this is the solution this is the solution I yeah you be with her don't I'm out run. of the palace yeah like mm-hmm. all these things she wanted are coming together you will and... get freedom but not through avoidance it's through leaning in yeah like you can it, you can have the it's it's again it's it's luke skywalker like he wanted to leave that farm and he could have just enlisted you know or or run away from home or done mm. anything like as what you had planned to do you know stick around for one more season blah 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 yeah but he does get to see the greater galaxy it's just that way yeah. and it's not this way and exactly. i think that all these characters are having that um i feel like we've talked about everybody in the core crew so just in terms of um action moments directorial moments before we get into the ending is there anything else that you wanted to shout out before we uh, get really mad at one specific troll <laughs> <laughs> i think i just want to always shout out for the rest of my life the the drinking competition <laughs> like, i think it was just it was so great um kit you know, ruby ruby as kit killed it like mm-hmm. just the expressions, the mannerisms, the body language, the, her, her scene partner. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, he's great. Guy. Yeah. Uh, we don't know who he is, but <laughs> um, just playing it off. Very similar. Again, it's the Marion vibes, obviously. Similarly in how the guy she's drinking with, we don't know who he is, but he played it brilliantly. And mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, I think about that scene a lot now. <laughs> it's my happy place. Um and then, yeah, I think as far as as far as sort of directorial choices, I think they were they did a good job in that sequence of the drinking competition of I think showing the levity. Mm. Like there's that part where like Alora's hands are like, yeah. and um, and Jade, I think, is just sort of like in the middle and looking around and like, oh, my God, they're all like swirling around me. And and it's like I think it's an important piece of every like every story we know and every, we know the beat of the ending of this episode is, is big, but um, it's uh, you need that like sort of stop and smell the roses moment yeah. in a, in a quest. Right. And like, we just had Nakmar, we just had <laughs> Valentine's, you know, possession yeah, thing yeah. and death. And, and then we had the Gales fight and now it's like, this really was a chance to, 
take a breather, but also like not take a breather. <laughs> it's like we, we're still dealing with stuff. But I think that was just kind of a cool, I like the sort of sort of choices made creatively mm-hmm. in that little sequence of like, what if what if we just were here? What if this was life? It's yeah. almost like it's almost like, you know, let's never leave this cave. You know, it's um it's it's like that thing now right it's like it's that thing of like what if what if this was it and what if we were just kind of happy doing this what if we just Um, had each other and and the yeah it's a little bit yeah i was gonna say it's like rivendell which is something that i brought up before of like Mm -hmm. well we did it and it's like well emotional catharsis for some of you doesn't mean that there's not still things to unlock but also like you said like you know the the john snow illusion of of like that's peace but it's also like the quest isn't done and that's the burden yeah. of, of the hero and i now it's like i want nothing more than and you know homage your dad one more time john kasdan and give me the ewok celebration but with the bone reapers like, right. like let right. that be the season finale i don't know what it'll do but i love that and um yeah let's talk about that final moment it's a beautiful admission of love the chemistry it, the chemistry between everybody and the chemistry between our, our core couples here of a uh, Borman and Scorpio, but this, you know, Jade and, and Kit being our couple throughout. It's so beautiful and poetic and it's the thumbnail for this episode. And it's mm-hmm. a shot that was in the trailers and, um, and, and it, but to have context for it, they're both playing it so beautifully. Like you said, it's, it's the small kit, but like the build toward happiness, the build toward realization. And, and <laughs> I, I'll, love, I'll, I love her yeah. line, which is like, I, I would be very into that. <laughs> I would be very into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the modern dialogue is so well placed yeah. for me. I know it's, it's, you know, mileage may vary for viewers. Yeah. Um, but I like that. Not every fantasy is thousand thighs and exactly. you know, there could be a nice mix. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you and I want to hear about your experience. When she says, I'm going to kiss you in 10 seconds. And it's that build. I had a, Oh, Willow's about to pop up. Like I thought we were mm-hmm. about to get a comedy beat. Like for me, it felt like, or Willow's about to have a vision, or we're gonna like. I, I knew you knew that, that weren't it, gonna. I, I knew connect. it could not be. Yeah. I knew yeah. lips would not meet, uh, right. but I did not, and I should have because they brought them up a bunch of times throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not think it would be a troll attack. Yeah, um, and I did jump. I totally jumped. Yeah, when it happened, <laughs> I don't remember if I did or not, but I definitely I wasn't expecting it. I think I was ready for them to to do the old smooch. Yeah. And um, and again, it's like thinking back on it. I think it's now very clever, uh, season-wide um, plotting, in that mm-hmm. they gave they gave us the kiss for they front-loaded a kiss. Yeah. Um, and I think had they not done that <laughs> and then done this whole thing, I think Rage. we'd be screaming. <laughs> yeah, we'd be screaming <laughs> at, our, at our screens. Mm-hmm. Not? So um. It's very smart. I think it, they they bought themselves the room to play that beat perfectly, and uh, yeah, I think it, uh, as we were talking before, like they're just so in the moment, and they're just as actors as characters. It's so believable, and it's like in the way I think it's like sort of zooming in on them. Mm-hmm. Like everything just feels like emotionally all just coming together, and then. Um, yeah, that troll came out of nowhere, and they're creepy. Yeah, the, oh I, I, I like that. I like when fantasy things take a swing in terms of how they depict something that is just like 
a staple like every yeah. fantasy lore ever that i'm aware of has a troll mm-hmm. um but i like that willow was like ours are furry and they are kind of shaped like men but they mm-hmm. jump around and they swing and they have like kind of like tenderly looking like it's weird right. like i like that theirs have like completely different rules it's not a classic cave troll it's not a little gnomey troll um it's just a it's just an unsettling like primate sort of mm-hmm. weirdo and speaking uh, of speaking of action beat highlights, the Borman kill on the troll is is like top oh, tier. The fl- awesome. the, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it, it reminded me so much of uh, Two Towers Legolas when he's just like a scout. <laughs> you know? Yes, like, and it's like, oh man, that's a that's a great way to just sort of the way like you know close that episode out when we don't get a uh, a song. Um, yeah, I think I think maybe that's a choice because there's so much music throughout it. Like we I think start putting the song, putting the song at the top song. is like the flip. Yeah, and there's I think there's a song in the middle somewhere. Um, I there's think a slow, there the slow one. dance song. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I think obviously a good choice to let that one sit. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was just it was a great sort of like actiony oh shit ending. That and is then, a great is a great beat too. And Borman, you know, much like Mad Mardigan before him and Han Solo before him and everyone in that archetype. You can have when you have you can have bumbling characters that are hiding the fact that they're not actually great. You know, mm-hmm. somewhat like like Gilderoy Lockhart comes to mind, like mm-hmm. true blowhards. But then the people that are bumbling liars, but still back it up. Mm-hmm. And like that's something that I think always got me about Han is like, he, yeah, he is like running and screaming down the hallway and New Hope, yeah. but like. He will he will win. Like Hansel is still a, a you know a G when push comes to shove, and Borman has that energy too, much like Mad Mardigan. Like little Willow when he's you know, young Warwick Davis, you really are great. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he is. And so, you know, for Borman to be like slow dance over, I'm slaying trolls. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like this this next one is great. He, and, is, um, he was his squire for a reason. He was a square for a reason. And I want to give a shout out to, is it John Bickerstaff? I, be, I want to say his name is. Um, oh, the, on the writing team? On the writing team, yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm double checking that now. We're learning lots of new names uh, in the process of this show. Uh, yes, John Bickerstaff. He had a great tweet uh, that said, it said, Wildwood Rocks brought to the page by writer and co-EP Hannah Friedman. If you're pressed and distressed over the ending, I'll just say this. It wouldn't be a good love story if you didn't have to rescue the princess. And I right was like, right I love you money. guys. I love yeah. this team. And it's, love- it's, it's, you know, it's again, it's, it's brilliant fantasy beats, universal fantasy beats. Mm-hmm. But what makes them special is how every time or every, every great time is how they feel so authentic to their own thing. And, yeah. and not, not just like, a regurgitation of a of a beat right. you know and i think like that's the thing it's like you watch it and you're like oh my gosh and until you have a writer point it out word for word like that it's yeah. like oh of course <laughs> right? of course that's where that's the world we're in it's like we're going to a troll cave to save a princess from the literal quote good kingdom like the yeah. like it's so right there mm-hmm. but it's all about the delivery mechanism you know yeah. that's that's what ma- like willow to me has and we've referenced so many things in the show because it is such a self-aware thing and it is very much of, of 2022 
but so one thing we haven't brought up, Willow has Marvel energy. And I think Adam mm-hmm. Collins brought that up last time a little bit with the humor. But like you look at something like Guardians of the Galaxy, like team of space characters on ship have adventure is as old as, you know, we've been telling popular fiction like that's like that goes all the way back to you know john carter mars and like all those old novels and everything Mm -hmm. um but it was the delivery mechanism you know james gunn was like yes but also what if a holes and now it's like willow is like yeah what if all those things you knew (laughs) with with the soundtrack (laughs) yeah but with the soundtrack and willow is saying that too what if with a soundtrack and what if it was queer and what if it Mm -hmm. was you know sort of like a storybook but also very modern and what if i threw words like boobs in there and things like fart jokes and sex jokes and characters like, called mad mardigan <laughs> yeah, it's like, which like is it is it we'll talk about that at yeah. some point well i think when we do season wrap up we'll talk about some specific things especially because we will get mad mardigan payoff nikki and i were having a conversation off air leave in the comments below what you think is tantalos Bavmorta and Sorsha's last name, or is it Mad Mardigan's last name? Because Mad Mardigan Tanthalos might take the cake for the most over-the-top name I've ever heard in my That's life. A lot of syllables. A it's lot a syllables. lot. It is yeah. a lot. Um His and uh must be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's like cut laughs> off. yeah, 100 yeah. percent Um, I think that about does it for this one. Uh it was it was a contained story with lots of like moving up like moving us to the next plateau emotionally mm. and i feel like yeah it was a lot of breakthroughs uh and but i i yeah but i think we we got it all in terms of everything and i'm just i'm it's times like this where i'm i, I get selfish and i'm like oh, i wish i had the binge but then i'm like no i love this yeah. let it stretch um yeah. so any final thoughts on your end before we close out yeah i mean just uh i thought this was such an awesome episode so much great humor everything we talked about um i now sit here jealous envious Hmm. of whoever you bring on next week because it just seems like this next episode is going to be a lot of fun um yeah it's troll fighting it's it's save the princess it's all that great stuff um so i'm just yeah i'm excited to have another blast with willow next week and um outside of that you know drink water Stan Ruby Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Do good things. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on all the social media platforms. You know, whether or not they survive is up in the air. But yeah, you know, we'll st- while we'll they're stick, there, we'll stick with old, uh, old faithful. Um, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at Nequitius, <laughs> N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. And um, you can listen to the One and Done Film Club, which is a blockbuster franchise exploration that i do with alden here and our friend reed you can find that in podcast spotify um and also on twitter at one the letter n done show you can find the imperial senate podcast on podcasts and youtube twitter at imp senate pod and you can also find a rewatch between worlds which is on alden's home channel Yes, yeah. Rewatch Between Worlds is a Rebels show. It's going to be coming back soon now that Andor's over. Um, I'm, I was such an idiot. I was like, oh, when Andor's over, we'll do it. And then like Bad Batch was like, nope, here I come. Uh, yeah. So, But we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, Octa Radio is where I do all my stuff. And you can find me personally at that Alden Diaz, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Hive, TikTok, um, you know, uh, 
with four platforms, there's no way I'm going to be consistent. Twitter is old faithful, um, mm. but that's that's that all in D-I-A-Z. Um, also, uh, hopefully doing some more stuff with StarTrek.com soon here with Ken uh, when we do live shows. And we're going to be continuing our Rings coverage. We're going to be continuing our Ice and Fire coverage um, as the rewatch returns soon. Um, we teased it before, but when Ken gets the rewatch started, we're starting with Mountain and the Viper. So, you know, that's <laughs> fun. Uh, that's where he left off. Uh, Casterly Talk is everywhere. You can see if you're watching on YouTube, the handle is up there. Um, you can support us. There's a QR code that way yeah yeah. boom boom almost nailed it yeah bottom right corner of the screen if you're on podcast you can scroll up to the descriptions of course there's a way to support us on paypal um but just listening telling your friends leaving stars leave reviews really appreciate it all of ken's socials are there in the bottom ken's going to be back at least for the willow finale and wrap up um who knows maybe beforehand um you know it was well-deserved time off uh and then yeah we're gonna have some more guests uh coming up soon um people that i'm excited about schedules are a little bit amorphous but some some really fun friends are going to be joining us to wrap up willow and yeah uh, if you are excited about willow please just tell people let people know what's going on with this great show Um, but for right now we've got a princess to save and we've got trolls to kill and we're going to be following aaron kellyman with a vengeance straight into the troll cave and we will catch you next time right here on casterly talk